faithwire.com. The FBI is being criticized by Jewish leaders for their initial statement on this hostage crisis at a synagogue over the weekend. Today is Monday, January 17th, 2022. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have that top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. That's what we do here. You can find us on iTunes. We're here Monday through Friday. We'd love to have you subscribe and be with us here each day. And with me today, Trey Gons Phillips and Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faithwire.com with a look at what's coming up. What's going on, fellas? Well, we're back together. I know. All three of us. I know. We are. And we I, got some snow here over the weekend, so mm, I'm happy. Mm. You know. Well, well, the, the Andros house has been struck with the COVID plague. So it finally yeah. it finally caught up to us. So <laughs> we are recovering. Thankfully, I think it's the Omicron version. So we are... Uh, the Andros Cron. Uh, yeah, version. the Andros Cron. It's not too terrible, but it is kind of... It's sweeping the house. So we are on a staycation quarantine type deal. So good times. Uh, good times to um, be had here. Fun. But yeah, sounds yeah. Fun. So anyway, so what is coming up? Well, at least y'all are on the upswing. Yes, um, indeed. So uh, I'm going to be talking about DirecTV uh, right at literally one day after Biden made an announcement about uh, media outlets quashing misinformation. DirecTV decided to end its contract with a major conservative news mm. outlet. So we'll talk about that. Mm. I'm, I'm going to be uh, talking about this um, this hostage situation that was at a Jewish synagogue there. Uh, in Texas over the weekend, and the FBI is getting some criticism for their statement, and Jewish leaders are saying that the re- their statement actually reveals that you know a deeper problem that they don't understand the issues face- facing the Jewish community. So we'll look into that. All right. Well, I'm just going to dive into our first story because I have been trying, and you guys know this because yeah. we've, we've talked, you know, offline, trying to make sense of this new survey out from Rasmussen Reports and the Heartland Institute. And the survey basically found that there is a subset of American voters, uh, Democratic voters, likely Democratic voters, who are all in support of shockingly harsh punishments, including fines, jail time, and detention for any Americans who refuse to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, This is a telephone and an online survey. It's over 1,000 respondents scientifically conducted. And the results are just incredibly shocking. 55% of Democratic voters would support a proposal for the federal or state governments to fine Americans who choose to not get vaccinated. So that means more than half of these Democratic voters would say, hey, fines are a good idea. What's so shocking about that particular stat is that that same idea is only backed by 19% of Republicans Mm. and 25% of unaffiliated, so basically independents, unaffiliated um, potential voters. So so let's move on from there. There's a lot of stats here, but just bear with me because we'll get to why it matters, but but we got to break down these stats. Six in 10 Democratic voters, that's 59%, would support the government requiring that citizens remain confined to their homes at all times except for emergencies. Mm. So almost 60% of likely Democratic voters would say, hey, if you decline the vaccine, you should be confined to your home unless you have an emergency. And what's, again, remarkable is that when you look on the flip side of that, 71% of unaffiliated voters would say, no way, we don't support that, and almost 80% of Republicans. So so the Democrats are really standing alone on a lot of these mm. metrics. Now, another one I want to mention, 
because this one's a little bit different. Uh, the respondents were asked how much they would favor or oppose government fines or even imprisonment. So I want to emphasize that for people who publicly question the efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines, either on social media or in the media. So now we're talking about the free speech, um, you know, of, of being mm. able to go out and 48% of Democratic voters are open to the federal or state governments levying fines or jail time for these people who would speak out um, questioning the vaccines. Less than 20% of everyone else would would support that. <laughs> so you're, I mean, this is, it's just, I could go, I could go on and on, but, but there's one more. I have to share this one. 45% said, and this is likely Democratic voters, that they would favor the government forcing the unvaccinated to live in, quote, temporary, I'm sorry, to temporarily live in designated facilities or locations. Oh, my. So, okay. This is crazy. Why does this matter? It matters because, I mean, you've got free speech issues, and not just free speech issues. You're talking about fining and jailing people over a decision on whether or not. And by the way, I'm happy to share my, my status. I am fully vaccinated and boosted. That was my choice. But whether or not they make that choice, you're willing to put them in essentially some sort of segregated camp jail i mean the, these numbers are shocking so much so that i've been reading the survey over and over again <laughs> to try to understand how this is possible yeah i mean it really uh, honestly this is why people always say oh why are you looking at australia when we show some of the things that are going on in australia with they they have that they have those you know quarantine camps where people are sent and they're living in these mobile units and they're being quarantined from society and, um, you know, people say, well, why are you showing that? It's Australia. And you think, well, because these governments are doing it. So they, they're they sort of breaking the precedent and they're they're breaking the ground on that. And, and it gives it paves the way for others to potentially try it. And so you see a poll like that and politicians are going to feel, you know, particularly Democratic politicians will will realize, well, we could we could advocate for some stuff like this and uh, we wouldn't lose our base. <laughs> Um, yeah. So it is very disturbing because, you know, America, the reason people flock here is because we value freedom. And it certainly seems like that is becoming a thing of the past, at least on one side of the aisle. Well, I mean, everything in that poll kind of makes my head spin. So it's yeah. hard to pick a point about where to where to begin. But the thing that just keeps coming up like a flashing neon sign uh, to me over and over again and has even before this survey is the fact that so many on the left said for four years uh, that Trump is a dangerous authoritarian. Mm -hmm. uh, he wants a totalitarian government and uh, even claims of a theocracy, uh, which is kind of a funny thing to say anyway, just given Trump's persona, but regardless. Um, so, the, but all of this stuff about authoritarianism and how is this, this is nothing short of authoritarianism, uh, like completely. So it's just, it's just an absurd uh, way of, of living that the rules just completely do not apply. Uh, you cannot make these same claims, even when uh, that's plainly what's happening is, is kind of an authoritarian push. Uh, but you can't point out the obvious when it's the left doing it, because somehow for them, that's not what it is. But for everyone else. That would be yeah. what it is. You you, you yeah. wonder how they don't see it, right? Like, right. You know, because in a lot of instances, it's the same. 
it's the same person. And obviously Piper there in the background agrees very, very wholeheartedly. Piper is very passionate yeah, Piper. About, about this issue. <laughs> she, she hates authoritarianism. Yes, so. Trey's dog Piper hates, hates authoritarianism. <laughs> but yeah, you, you see that. And like Trump would definitely, of course, say things, you know, when he we when he'd praise China's government leaders and say, well, they're very strong. And I, I like that. Like, okay. That that would make you kind of scratch your head and go, wait a minute, why why would you say that? <laughs> um, but yeah, generally speaking, from a policy standpoint, that you know that has not been you know the bent. But then you but then you look at like this quickness for the left to want to shut people down. This you see this often with we need to shut them out of debate. That's why on social media we need to get President Trump off of social media because we don't like what he's saying. Um, and and you see that move. It seems like the left is always much quicker to want to silence to want to be punitive with uh their you know reactions when people don't agree with them and that should be a red flag uh well, yeah. to, to most people watch the gender debate i mean that's what's yeah. happening oh, in the yeah. gender debate right now and look oh. this was happening years ago and it was happening with ben shapiro and others on college campuses right this has been an ongoing problem um, and by the way, if you if you shut people out, right, if you call people bigots and you shut them out for years and years and years, don't be surprised when they don't believe anything you're saying to them, right? When yeah. something big happens and there's a need for them to listen to you, don't be shocked when they look at you and say, well, why would I trust people who didn't allow us to be present in the media or Hollywood or anywhere? Yeah. And that's all part that's all part of this. But yeah, I mean, you look at these numbers and you walk away and you say, oh my goodness, you know, and this isn't an endorsement of Trump or anything, but you've said all these things about Trump and now here's what you're willing yeah. to do. Right. Yeah. Like look yeah. in the mirror. Let's have a little yeah. bit of a look in the mirror there. All right. Yeah. Well, I want to say too, before I'll, I'll use this to go right into the next story, sure. but um, Billy, you mentioned the college campuses. And I remember hearing back when Barry Weiss was still at the New York Times, she said she took grief from people all the time because they said, you know, why are you focusing on the campus, college campus issues and free speech issues on college campuses? That doesn't matter. Those are, uh, those are, you know, they're in bubbles. And then once they leave that, they'll go into the real world and realize that that doesn't, that's not how the world works. So the problem is though, and what she said at the time, is all these kids who are in these classrooms will eventually be the executives sitting at corporations <laughs> yeah, right. and they'll be in elected office uh, and they'll create the culture that I'm talking about that already exists on college campuses. So I think that's some of what we're seeing mm. uh, played out now. And that leads me to this story that I want to talk about. Uh, DirecTV uh, announced this month that it will allow its contract with the conservative One in America News Network to expire. Uh, so we'll start number one with the details. So according to Bloomberg, uh, the satellite company announced uh, Friday that OAN's parent company, Herring Networks, uh, will no longer have a relationship with uh, with uh, DirecTV. They said, following a routine internal review, we do not plan to enter into a new contract when our current agreement expires. Uh, the current agreement, which began in 2017, uh, will end in April of this year. So DirecTV's decision not to renew its agreement with OAN, uh, OAN uh, will place a, a, a huge financial burden on the network uh, because the satellite company, which is 70% owned by AT&T, accounts for nearly all of the channel's revenue, according to Reuters. So, and in fact, uh, I want to point this out. Transcripts from a 2020 court proceeding uh, show that an attorney for OAN said that if Herring Networks, for instance, was to lose or not be renewed on DirecTV, the company would go out of business tomorrow. Uh, so this is a, a huge blow to OAN. Uh, and point number two here, uh, this is a 
perhaps a coincidence, but uh, I'm not sure. So the decision to axe OAN came literally one day after, or at least the news of the decision to, to end the relationship with OAN came one day after President Biden instructed media outlets to quash misinformation and disinformation appearing on their networks. He said, I make a special appeal to social media companies and media outlets. Please deal with the misinformation and disinformation that's on your shows. It has to stop. Uh, and Biden was... Uh, criticized by a lot of conservatives for making that that comment suggesting that he just wants outlets and social media platforms that are airing content that's contrary to his point of view. He just wants them silenced. That was the suggestion that people made. Uh, but people on the left were cheering direct, direct TV for their decision. The NAACP president, Derek Johnson, he described the move as a victory for us and for the future of democracy. Uh, at a time when we are seeing our rights infringed upon, OAN, he said, only seeks to create further division. We must continually choose truth over lies and common sense over hysteria. Uh, former President Donald Trump is not too pleased, though. Uh, he suggested that DirecTV and AT&T are targeting OAN because it's conservative and even suggested a boycott of both companies. So why does it matter, guys? Like, I think uh, there's clearly an issue with media bias and pushing conservatives and Christians further into the periphery. Um, and I think this just raises more questions about uh, media outlets and companies' willingness to to pretty much kowtow to, to the political left and politicians. Uh, we don't know if there's a direct tie between what Biden said and what um, DirecTV did, um, but there there certainly is is proof of a relationship in other you know in other ways. Um, so I think it's interesting that CNN has been claiming over and over that Fox News is state TV. Uh, <laughs> this seems kind of like a state TV ish thing to do. I don't yeah. know. Just yeah. a little bit. Hmm. Well, it just, it makes me wonder, as you're saying all this too, you just brought up the Fox thing. You know, one of the things that, that the that the left does when they, when they do this sort of thing, and we don't know all the details on why this one is happening, but when you create these echo chambers, it only serves to make the problems worse that we already have. Yeah. And if you're trying, and I always found this curious about the removal of Trump from social media, right? If you're trying to get someone reelected, that's the sort of thing you do, because guess what? There are tweets that you hate so much that the messages that a lot of Americans didn't like, to be honest, you're not seeing those anymore. That person is sort of off in their own ether and their, their own little eco chamber speaking to their followers only. And then when they come back around, there's no new history to look at or fresher history that would make you say, oh, I don't like that. It's almost like they get to start fresh. So I think a lot of this actually backfires mm -hmm. on the left, interestingly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. But again, I think you're right, Trey. I mean, it, it it goes along with the story we just mentioned before. There's that tendency to want to shut down. And and a lot of times, and you know, we'll never probably know officially exactly the reason why. I mean, m maybe it was a business decision that had nothing to do with politics, but it's certainly, you know, it, it makes you wonder because it always seems to be one-sided. It always yeah. seems to be one-sided. When you set up these vague sort of standards, you know, social media sets up the community standards and the community guidelines and and things of that nature and so they can just make these rulings and ban people and suspend people for certain amounts of time without having to give a real accounting for why and and it's such a it's such a cheap way to do it where you 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 smear the other person and or network and make them look as if they've done something wrong when it, it, you you don't really know. You don't really ever get an accounting of it. You just sort of get the implication and the, you know, sort of the 
inference that something wrong was done. Yeah, I mean, I think it's we should note obviously that OAN is is currently uh, embroiled in a defamation lawsuit over the over claims that they made with the Dominion voting systems from back during the 2020 election. So there certainly are probably many factors at play right. here. Um, but but CNN, but I mean, but still, like the knee jerk reaction uh, to just well, I don't agree with you, so I'm going to silence you, I'm going to end the contract, I'm going to cut your airtime uh, is is concerning and should be concerning whether you're conservative or democratic and the the over and over and over again repeated claim by cnn that fox news is state tv and nobody else kowtows to any sort of political party is like that right come on that's well, absurd and, and look i mean I'm not, not, I'm not defending oan on, on anything they did i don't even know what they did on the, the the voting machine claims or whatnot but i mean let's not act like all the other networks are above these mistakes i mean cnn <laughs> yes, just yeah. got sued for i think hundreds of millions of dollars because of what they did to nick sandman right and how they yeah. smeared yeah. him falsely so let, let's Can not I, act like CNN and all these other ones are, are above board here and they never make a mistake. Because if you go by that standard, then uh, DirecTV should be deleting CNN off of their network, uh, their their platform, too. Well, I have to I just have to add one thing here, though, too, about everybody, no matter what side you're on, no matter what your politics are. This is why it's stupid to spread information that isn't true or to. And, and, and here's and here's the thing. You know, we're called to truth. A, that's that's yep. the most important piece here. But B. When we loosey goosey share things, spread things, this used to happen with emails back in the day with older people. <laughs> they would send emails, right? Chains, you know, chain, and I and I guess yeah. younger people too, because I probably did it too. And you'd forward them to everyone you know. I mean, that was the early version of this, and ninety nine percent of the time they weren't true. But the real problem is that when you do that, and it's proven that you've shared information that isn't true, when there are real things that happen, when there's biblical truth, whether it's on the gender debate or anything else, they are going to use that and say, look, they've been wrong about all these other things, they've lied, and now they're lying about this, and it becomes a reason to censor when it shouldn't, but when you yeah. have that checkered past, it just adds to it, right? Mm. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm still waiting, by the way, for my... $45 from Bill Gates for forwarding. <laughs> uh, isn't that one of them? If you forward this email, Bill Gates, he's testing something. He'll just send you 50 bucks. Yeah. It was something yeah. like that. You know, and I'm waiting for... You were for probably sending that to everybody you knew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought for sure I was going to get it was just free money. <laughs> just free money coming in. I mean, it said it right there in the email. And also, too, there was like a Nigerian uh, uh, prince somewhere. They did, you know, they just found out they were prints. They just need me to forward them ten thousand yes. dollars, and well, then they so can unlock. Princesses. Yeah, well, that's the scam likely thing now, which I love getting a scam likely phone call. I engage, <laughs> I push one, and I talk to the people. Um, so I enjoy it. I yeah. think it's hilarious. Good but times. yes, always Good fun time. to troll the trolls. So, <laughs> all right, let's uh, go into story number three here. We've got um, Jewish leaders are reacting to the FBI's statement after this Texas synagogue hostage takeover situation, which was just thankfully it ended. Um, as about as well as it could none of all the hostages made it out anyway the the hostage taker is dead but um you know that's kind of one of those place play stupid games win stupid prizes deals so <laughs> but uh but one jewish leader says that the fbi got it wrong after their official uh uh said uh that the demands were quote not specifically related to the jewish community and so that everybody saw it on the well not everybody but uh, people saw it on the live stream the evidence was there uh that the hostage taker, who is Malik Akram, who's 44, um, he was constantly trying to plead for the release of a terrorist who was a Pakistani neuroscientist. She was sentenced to 86 years in prison. 
in 2010 for attempting to murder and assault U.S. military personnel. Um, and she is being held in Fort Worth, which isn't that far from Colleyville. So the, there was 12 hours of negotiations with this hostage taker, and uh, the hostages were eventually freed. There's actually some video uh, on going around where you can, you know, somebody nearby was was filming the the SWAT team outside, and you could you could hear them when they when the hostages came out. You saw them go in, and there was gunfire and and you know loud bangs going off. I don't know if they were flashbangs or what, but uh, it was craziness outside that uh, that congregation there. Um, and then at the news conference after those hostages were relief, uh, released. Uh, the FBI special agent in charge said that the Texagog hostage takers demands were specifically focused on issues not connected to the Jewish community. Um, and so the Jewish leaders, they're, they're taking uh, a little bit of issue with that. They said they got it wrong. They said failure of the FBI to understand is something of a pattern with law enforcement in the United States. And frankly, and it seems that time after time we see law enforcement and when an anti-Semitic insert it's entirely obvious. And sometimes the results of that are tragic. This time, fortunately, have not been. So uh, they said if law enforcement community does understand what's going on, they're not going to be able to address the fallout from this. This was not a mere slip up. This, it is symptomatic of widespread failure within law enforcement to understand the problems of anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism. Now, uh, President Biden, for, for his part, his statement did say, did uh, talk about anti-Semitism. He said, thanks to the courageous work of state, local, and federal law enforcement for Americans who are held hostage at a Texas synagogue will soon be home with their families. I'm grateful for the tireless work, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> he said, we're sending love and strength to the community members of uh, the synagogue. And he said, there is more we will learn in the days ahead about the motivations of the hostage taker. But let me be clear, anyone who tends to spread hate, we will stand against anti-Semitism and against the rise of extremism in this country. That is who we are. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, so there you have it, guys. Um, you know, obviously a tragic situation. Glad that you know the SWAT team was able to resolve this situation without any of these hostages being killed. Hmm. And um, you know, but but it, but it is an interesting. I can understand the frustration there from the uh, Jewish leaders that responded to that statement. And um, you know, when when it's so clearly related it's not like they just randomly picked a synagogue i mean I, I don't know how you know they they couldn't connect the dots there yeah it almost seems like a decision not to and it's scary that these are supposed to be the smartest minds in in law enforcement these are supposed to be the people that we turn yeah. to and it's like I, I don't know i mean if you're not understanding the ins and outs and the intricacies how can you understand any of the yeah. case and, and that's and their that concern me, yeah yeah i mean that to me is the is the part of this that is just deeply concerning and how, and how much of this is political. And, you know, there's just so many different elements uh, to, to really be worried about, I think. Yeah. You know, something that I always think about when situations like this unfold and thankfully uh, there, there weren't the deaths that could have, that could have happened. But um, I always think about the ways that the local church, you know, wherever these incidents happen, uh, ways that the local church can reach out and help. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, you know, it's, it's, it's a clear opportunity for, us as believers to be the hands and feet of Jesus in these situations, right? Is to, to go and reach across to, to people of different faiths and say, how can we help you heal? You know, because it's something that doesn't just happen in a vacuum. Like it didn't just happen to that synagogue and the people who go there, it happened to that community. And it's an opportunity to really just show the love of Christ in the midst of, of a devastating situation. So 
Certainly yeah. the, the political stuff is going to unfold and the legal stuff is going to be, be parsed. Um, but regardless of what happens there, uh, it's definitely an opportunity for believers to go out and be, uh, you know, be a part of the community and help that healing process along and, and share the gospel with others. Yeah, particularly the, um, reaching out to, when you say different faiths too, the Jewish faith. Yeah. I mean, obviously we all know the Genesis 12 promise of, you know, those who bless you will be blessed. And um, that, mm-hmm. that, is just one part of you know why Christians are you know should be motivated to help other you know people of the Jewish faith and um, you know obviously for the the greater tenets you know of Christianity of of just helping people in general um, but obviously for that particular connection there to the Jewish uh, faith yeah. um, so all right well guys I want to uh, point people to one more story here on uh, CBN and Faithwire we've got uh, before we head out here. And we've got the high court agreeing to hear a case of a Washington football coach who was fired for on-field prayers. Billy, this feels right up your alley here. I don't know if it's Freedom oh, From yeah. Religion Foundation who uh, reared their <laughs> ugly heads to get this guy fired. But, you know, this yeah, is a no, coach who – yeah, go ahead. Well, this has been going on for, for years. I've, I've interviewed Joe Kennedy numerous times, and I'm, it's just – it's a wild, wild story. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to be really interesting what they say because so far – He's kind of been losing along the way. But to me, if you're holding prayer on the 50-yard line after a game and it's optional for players and families to join in, I do not see what the legal yeah. issue is there. Yep. It seems like it's a whole lot of, uh, well, I'm not going <laughs> to. It's a whole lot of FFRF. Yes, it yeah. is. It is. I was going to have a different word, but I'll, I'll, <laughs> that, that was probably the COVID talking. So I'm just going to, I'm going to leave it at that. And then we'll, we'll call it a day here. I hear Piper wants to wrap it up as well. So yeah, she's um, real loud today. She Sorry is. She's all fired up. Piper is just ready to get her own podcast. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. That is all the time we have for this episode. And we will be back here tomorrow. As always, head on over to CBNnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. God bless you. Have a great rest of your Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow.